you fulfill, and we glorify your name, dear Lord, that we brought you here for a divine purpose. Let the truth that you have laid in his heart come forth flowing like a mighty river to minister unto your children. And as your word has said, the yoke shall be broken because of the anointing. Let your anointing rest upon the sharing that your servant ministers unto us, O dear God, that yokes will be broken, liberty will be made manifest in the midst of your people, in Jesus' name. You shall know the truth, it says in the word of God. And the truth will set you free. Amen. Good stuff. I want to talk about truth this morning. Truth is more than, uh, than not just telling lies. That's the initial thing we think of when we think of truth, not telling lies lies because Jesus is the truth he didn't only speak the truth he lived the truth he was the manifestation of truth we live in a world of untruth I mean, there's so many lies around us and deceptions we've got so many words for untruth just a few here uh, falsehood deception unfaithfulness, exaggeration, insincerity, promise breaking, it goes on and on. It's, they're all to do with untruths, untruths. There's a war raging in Eastern Europe and if we are to believe, you see what I'm saying, if we are to believe what the newscasters tell us, then the whole of Russia is being deceived by lies and deception. Propaganda is, is hiding the truth from them. So every day they are, their minds are filled with lies about what is really going on. The politicians, I'm a bit fed up of listening to them on the television. Whenever they're asked a direct question, they never give you a direct answer. They either give you the answer they want to give, or they just uh, bat it off, don't they, and say something else. So they never answer the truth. That's not a, a political statement. It's just a reality of what I see from politicians. It's just the truth. Apparently, our prime minister, uh, it looks like he's lied to parliament, which is an unforgivable sin. If that's true, my fear is that he won't step down because he's done it. We don't know. Again, I'm not being political. I'm just saying these are the things we're facing every day. The media, if you listen to it or you buy newspapers, it's got a slant to it, doesn't it? It's always got a bias because there's money involved in it. There's people, people are involved in investment in it. And so they have to be very careful how they word the truth. And we live in a day when all truth is relevant. You say, well, you believe in a God, that's all right for you. I don't believe in a God, that's all right for me. No, that's not all right. Either God exists or he doesn't exist. One of us is lying and the other one is telling the truth. It's not relevant. Truth is truth. And 
we need to be careful that we guard ourselves always and make sure we're walking and living in the truth. Not just that we speak the truth, but we live in it on a daily basis. Because we look at the world around us and we see it with our physical eyes and we think, this is the truth. But is it? You say, well, it's reality. Is it? Is it really? This is reality. This is the way that things are. This is the way they will always be. No. It's not the way they always were. And it's not the way it will always be. We know there is a great change coming. We know there is going to be a new heaven and a new earth. And it will not look like this one. So this isn't truth. This isn't reality. This is a deception. I wonder if it's all a deception. The world we live in, it's a deception. But we've got so used to it, we sometimes struggle to work out what's true and what's a deception. And so we try to pick our way through what it is. Of course, this is true. This is truth. And when what's out there doesn't agree with this, that's wrong. But we've lived so long out there, we sometimes struggle to fit this into that, and it doesn't fit, because if this is truth and that's a lie, how can it correspond? How can it come together? You can't mix it. It just doesn't work. Sometimes we forget what Jesus said about Satan. Satan, the one who rules over all the systems of the world. That's scary, isn't it? The political systems, the economic systems, uh, philosophy, education, sport, media. He rules over them. That's what scripture tells us. He is the ruler of the kingdom of the air, it tells us in Ephesians. Or the prince of the power of the air, in other versions. In Corinthians, it says he is the God, little g, but he is the God of this age. He is the God of it. And Jesus, in that verse in John 8 and 44, he doesn't hold back here. Listen what he says about Satan. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth. And on top of that, he says, there is no truth in him at all. When he lies, he speaks his native language. And he is a liar and the father of lies. He is the God of this age. What hope do we have? There is no truth there. Everything that he pours out into the world is lies. It's his native language. He lies so much he doesn't even know what the truth is himself anymore. He believes he's going to win this conflict with God because of mankind's fickleness or inability to follow after God. He thinks 
he will win. Satan lies about everything and everybody. He lies about God. Remember when he came to Eve in the garden? How many times he said, if, if. He said that to Jesus as well, didn't he? If you are the Son of God. You see, his language is full of lies, full of deception, puts doubt and fear and questions in our minds. He lies about who Jesus is. Are you the Son of God? If you are the Son of God. He lies about the Holy Spirit. He says the Holy Spirit isn't operational today. The gifts are here today. That's a lie. It's a lie of the Spirit. He's lying about the Spirit of God. He lies about the church. He says we're defeated and broken and powerless. Well, how come there's two and a half billion of us in the world if we're that broken and defeated? How come of the increase of the government of Christ there will be no end? He's a liar, you see. We look around and we think in this nation at this time it seems as though the church is, is, is stepping backwards. It's, it's in some sort of decline. Some say, but in other parts of the world it's expanding at great rates, as it did in this nation once before. He lies to me about you. Yes, he does. Says all sorts of things to me about you. And he lies to you about me. He says all sorts of things to about, about me to you. They're not true. He's, done it. He's doing it all the time. He's so good at it. And he passes the lies around from one to another. Do you know what that Philip did? Do you know what Philip said? Do you know where he went? He's doing it all the time, you see. He's a liar. He's a liar. John says something quite startling to us in 1 John 5 and 19. He says, we know that we are the children of God. Amen? Amen. We know that. But you have to read on the next bit. If you know that as a truth, an absolute truth, he says this, this next bit's an absolute truth as well. And that the whole world is under the control of the evil one. We go, no, I don't want to believe that. Well, you better, if you believe the first one, you must believe the second part of the sentence as well. That's what John is expressing. That's what he's trying to help us to understand and see. He's a liar. He's a deceiver. But we know in the fullness of time that Jesus stepped into this world. He came to establish the kingdom of God. He came preaching the kingdom of God. He came living the kingdom of God. And what was so different from this world was that it was the kingdom of truth. It wasn't a kingdom of lies fabrication, untruths, deception. Jesus came to establish the kingdom of truth. For three and a half years, he lived the truth. He lived it every day. If you wanted to know what truth was, you looked at this man who was truth, and everything he said and everything he did was truth. If, it didn't, if the things that were happening didn't measure up to this, 
It was a lie. It was a deception. Jesus said, I've come to show you what it is to live in the truth. He said he was the way, the truth, and the life. He would show us the way. He would show us truth and how life should truly be lived. When he went to the cross, we know that he brought an end to something to start something else. Remember on the cross he cried out, it is finished. So apparently in his original language, those three words in English is one word, just one word. Great writers and preachers previously Spurgeon said something like that. That one word is like a drop in an ocean of meaning. It is finished. My work is finished. Death is finished. Life has come. For those who put their faith in and trust in me, it's a new start. The old has gone and the new has come. It is finished. But also, for those who put their trust in the Lord, this living under a deception and a lie and a falsehood is finished. He's finished. You don't have to live under the lie anymore. What I've discovered in myself and in others, sometimes we like the lie better than the truth. So we... We convince ourselves that lies are truth because it seems better to us. We live believing lies because we choose to. But it doesn't do us any good. It's only by living in the truth that we're set free. Life will, uh, lies will only lead to more death and more confusion and more doubt, more unbelief. It'll turn us away from God and not to God. In that short journey after the upper room experience with his disciples to the cross, that through that night, remember that midnight and the next morning when he was crucified at nine, those hours, he was dragged before a court, then he was taken before Pilate, then he was taken to Herod, then back to Pilate. Remember that the journey in those dark hours, just those number of hours before they crucified him. He had a brief conversation with a man called Pilate. Pilate represented this world, the world of lies and deception and unbelief. And Jesus represented the truth. The, the word of God records a, a very brief part of the discussion. It might have gone on a bit longer, I'm not sure. In John 18 and 37, we read this. It's Pilate first speaking to Jesus. It's not a question, it's more like a statement, but it's, it's like a question, but Jesus answers it as though he was asking a question. John 18 then and 37, Pilate says to Jesus, you are a king then. That's not a question, is it? It's not asking, are you a king? He says, you are a king then. Sort of statement question. Jesus responds, 
you are right to say that I am a king. In fact, for this reason, I was born. And for this reason, I came into the world. Now listen what he has to say. I came into the world to testify to the truth. And everyone on the side of truth listens to me. That's a telling statement. Are you on the side of truth? Are you on the side of truth? If we're on the side of truth, it says, we always listen to him. Because if we do something that he doesn't agree with, or say, or encourage, then we're living a lie. That's it. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. What's he saying to Pilate? He's saying, I am the king of the kingdom of truth. That's it. That's who I am. Yes, I am a king. And my kingdom is a kingdom of truth. The citizens, he says, of my kingdoms are the ones who love the truth. They listen to me because they recognize in me there is truth. I am the true king, as it were. My whole life is a witness. It is a testimony to the truth. In fact, I am truth. Everything about me is truth. Everything. Truth is so much more than just not telling lies. To say it was a, a bright sunny morning today is the truth. But that's, that's baseline truth. Truth is much more than just not telling lies. It's a lot more than that. It's something that goes deeper. It's something that is summed up in the whole life and personality and person of Jesus Christ himself. It's completeness of life. Everything in our life is about the truth. If not, we deceive ourselves. From first thought to last action must be truth. Remember Paul when he spoke about the armour of God. What was the first bit of armour he said we were to put on? Remember what it was? It was the belt of truth. Before you put the breastplate on and the breastplate fits into the belt... Uh, before you put your sword on, which fits onto the belt, it seemed that things fitted onto the belt. See, if, if we haven't got truth, the other things, they don't fit. We have to first walk in the truth. Truth is so vital to us. And Jesus, remember what he said so many times. He said, I tell you the truth. I think in Paul's reading, it was slightly different in your version. But what you read just at the start there was, I am the truth. Do you remember what it was in AV when he said that? I tell you the truth. Anyone know what that was? 
Come on, you AV students. I tell you the truth. Verily, verily, I say unto you. Oh, it's wonderful, isn't it? What a way to say it. How, how poetical it is. But it's the same thing. Why did he have to say, I tell you the truth? Why? Why did Jesus have to say that? He said, because you won't believe it. Your way of thinking and your way of living is not like what I'm going to tell you, but I'm going to tell you the truth and what you're doing and what you're living. That's a lie. This is the truth. What I say to you is the truth. There is no other truth about this particular matter. What is this truth then? Well, truth is to do about integrity of our life. Not just not telling lies, but the complete integrity of who we are as people. We are the people of truth. Truth then penetrates every area of our life. Everything. Everything has to do with truth. The Bible says we are to walk in the truth. What does that mean? What does it mean to walk in the truth? You say, well, I know what it means for to speak the truth. We just don't tell lies. But I'm suggesting to you that this truth that I'm talking about is far more than that. John, uh, he wrote three epistles towards the end of the Bible. If you go with me to uh, John's second uh, epistle. The writer of it, he puts there uh, who's writing it. It says the elder. Some suggest that John was about 80 or 85 when he wrote this text. He's been around a long time. He's a very astute, spiritual, wise, wise man. He writes to um, somebody or something called the chosen lady. I don't think it was a lady that he was writing to. I think he was writing to another church. But he was very careful if anyone else got hold of this letter from one church to another, it could have got the church into trouble because there was all persecution and lots of things happening. So he writes to the chosen lady and her children. That's a church and a congregation. And when he signs off, he says, the children of your chosen sister. Well, he obviously wasn't anyone's sister. Uh, so I think he's saying from the church that I am an elder to this church I write this letter let's have a look what he says in the first few verses here to the church, sorry, to the chosen lady and her children whom I love in the truth and not only I but also all who know the truth because of the truth which lives in us and will be with us forever well he's used the word three times there he talks about to know the truth because of the truth and that our lives are in the truth. He says grace and mercy and peace from God our Father and from Jesus Christ for God's Son will be with us in, yeah you got it, in truth. This truth is a big thing to John. What is it though? What is it to live in the truth, to walk in the truth? 
What is the truth that he's talking about? He explains it in the next couple of verses. It has given me great joy to find some of your children walking in the truth, just as the Father commanded us. And now, dear lady, I'm not writing you a new command, but one we have had from the beginning. I ask that we love one another, and this is love, that we walk in obedience to his commands. As you have heard from the beginning, his command is that you walk in love. So, I'm going to suggest to you that walking in the truth is walking in love. In fact, if you read John's epistles, he makes a big point of love, doesn't he? In fact, uh, in the previous uh, one in chapter 4, uh, in just, I think it's about 15 verses or so, or even less, he mentions love 27 times. 27 times. We get it. We get it. It's walking in love. Walking in the truth is to walk in love. That's what we have to do. Walk in the truth. Walk in the love. This truth, this life of God, this love that I'm talking about, enters into us. His life is in you. That's what makes you different from people who are not regenerate. That's what it means. You've been regenerated by the life of God. And this life that is in you is called truth. And truth is the love of God. It's the love of God. It's the truth that gets into our bloodstreams. It gets into our thinking. It gets into our believing, our acting, our very personality. It is who we are. Just as he is the truth, we are the truth. We walk with integrity. When everything around us is far from the truth, you're all going to stop, I'm not going to stop as well. See, when all around us is not the truth, when we are in the truth, we're just so obvious. We shine out in integrity, in the office place, in the workplace, in the street. It's we're different. We're different. Not because we're religious or we're pious or any of these things. We're different because we represent the truth. And in a world where there is no truth, we represent truth. There's pressure on us to compromise all the time, to compromise the truth, to compromise the way we are, so we want to fit into this world. But listen, we can't fit into a world of untruth. We can't. It's not possible for us to do that. Because this truth, it flows in us. When God speaks about this love in the scriptures, it's not about sentiment or emotion. We, 
we think of we think of love in a sentimental way. There's nothing wrong in that. It's not wrong. We think of love in a very emotional way. Love is it seems to be connected so much with our feelings. I love you or I don't love you. It's about how I feel about you. I love this, I don't love that. It's about how I feel. But that's not the love of God. That's not what John's talking about. John's talking about a love which is the truth, which is to do with integrity and faithfulness and respect and commitment. That's the love of God. That's the truth. A love, a truth. You say, Philip, you're almost interchanging the words love and truth. Yes, I am. Because the essence of truth is the love of God. And when we walk in the truth, we walk in the love of God. And everything that love means, it's courage, it's unwavering, it's strength. It is the love that took Christ to the cross. It wasn't an emotional, sentimental feeling, how he felt about it that he went to the cross. It was much stronger than that. A love that was powerful and strong and determined. He walked in the truth, you see. He had to die for the truth because all around him was lies and deception. It is that truth. It is that love that has filled your life. It's filled your heart. That's why you feel uncomfortable with lies. When something strikes you as not right, you feel uncomfortable about it. And so you should. I'm sorry, Christians, you'll never be comfortable in this world. Mm, you've been ruined for this world. Totally ruined for it. I'm sorry. But we try so much to fit in, don't we? Make the best of it. You can't. Because it's full of lies. It's distorted. It's disfigured. Our love for God and the love we have for our fellow believers, it is a sign to us that we fully grasp the truth of the gospel. This is the truth. It doesn't matter what church we go to. What's important is we're going for the right reasons. You say, well, it'd be lovely if there were twice as many people would it make any difference at all, really, to you? Oh, I feel better about it. Oh, oh here we go again. You see, if, you see, if you don't love your brothers and sisters, whether there's five or ten or fifty or a hundred of them, you're not living in the truth. I'm sorry. Unless you love God with all your heart and soul and mind and strength, then you're not living in the truth. And if we're not living in the truth, then church will always be church and nothing more to us. We must live in the truth. 
And when we're not living in the truth, the things of God just mean little to us. We've been caught up in this work of truth. We're all deceived. We've all been lied to. That's his job. He's been doing it for thousands of years and he's good at it. And he gets us off the truth and gets our eyes looking at other things. And we miss the truth. That means we miss Jesus. We miss him. But he's here all the time for us. He says, I'll never leave you. I'll never let you down. I'll never disappoint you. Living in the truth, our job is to turn this misguided world back to the truth. You might say, well, I'll never stand at the front and preach and I'm not very good with words. Then we live it. We live the truth. And as we live it on a daily basis, people are looking at your lives. God is making them look at your lives. And they see something in you that they really want. And that thing is the truth. Somehow you walk with integrity. You're not knocked down easily. You do the right thing because you live in the truth. Scripture says that Satan has blinded the eyes of the people. But Jesus said that you shall know the truth. And what does truth do? It sets us free. It sets us free. It sets us free. The, the lies bind us, but the truth sets us free. And we've met the truth, haven't we? His name is Jesus. He's opened our eyes. And now we must live in the truth. We live in the love of God manifesting that truth. Let's pray together. Oh, Heavenly Father, we want to exalt you in our midst. It's not about what you can do for us all the time. It's about honouring you and speaking about you, how wonderful you are, how glorious you are. And you are the God of truth, the God of all truth. And we honour you this morning by being here in your presence. And Lord, we ask you that where we are deceived, where the world is lying to us and Satan is blinding us, Will you open our eyes to the truth that we might glorify you in our lives, we pray. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name.